Hi, I'm Holiday Kirk, and thank you for listening to the New Metal Agenda podcast. If you want to help further expand the New Metal Agenda, check us out on patreon.com slash newmetal underscore agenda. Membership perks include ad-free episodes, Patreon-exclusive podcasts, the ability to submit questions for guests ahead of time, free merch, and more. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Sweet. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Coming to you live from Los Angeles, this is Holiday Kirk with the New Metal Agenda. Joining me today, co-hosts. Cran. Good evening, everybody. Sean Robbins. What's up? Do I introduce you like Sean Robbins? That seems that seems very like NBC News tonight. <laughs> do you, do you just just Sean Sean? Ro- I like Sean Robbins. Yeah, yeah. Sean Robbins. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Now I often say big celebrity guests, but I just I want to say this because I mean it. Big celebrity guests in the building, please welcome Stephen Richards and Philip. I know this has been happening for your whole life, so I'm going to apologize in advance. But how do you pronounce your last name, Phil? Just, uh, just Lipscomb. Lipscomb uh, yeah. of Taproots. Woo! Present. Oh. Fellas, you've got to be excited. Band's back together. The new song is killer. And the, the cultural moment is right for you guys to arrive. People are excited. Yeah, stars are lined up, man. Yeah, we are too. We're excited. It's a good time. So I, I, I did like some skimming uh, and I didn't, I, you know what, in all the years actually that I've really liked you guys and I grew up in the Chicagoland area. So it's like, you know, we loved you guys like for the, for the longest, I just assumed you were a Chicago band and it's <laughs> to this day, I'm still like surprised to I, find out that you're not actually from Chicago. Uh, I am. <laughs> oh, oh, you are. Yeah, I was born there. Oh, okay. Well, you, we claim that. We claim that. It doesn't matter where you go. That's, <laughs> yeah. So does Steve. So does Steve. I'll, I'll never let that go. I'll never, never let, let that, that go. go. Even, what, though, what was... even, even though Taves is gone, I'm pissed. But sorry, go ahead. I would rather, you know what? I will trade from zero. And then we got to throw in a couple other bands to get Taproot. <laughs> that's that's not an equivalent exchange at all. You can't just, that's not one-to-one at all. Um, But anyway, uh, you guys are back in action. And uh, I, I've, read through plenty of reviews I, I mean interviews with you guys and i don't know if you guys have ever had to like go on record and be like well we're not we don't consider ourselves new metal we're we're not new metal at all has that ever been a, a, a problem you guys ever had a problem with that label no phil and i were actually just talking about this a minute ago um you know basically to us new metal was more about a time frame more so than like a style of music you know like when you think about new metal it's all coming back right now because it's bands around the same time but i mean there was a lot of different types of bands for that to be a genre to stick like we think so it's more of like a time era thing coming back but a lot of the bands you know a sound different from when they did back then but also it's like we all kind of sounded different but I think that that's what makes the the genre so special is that you could have a tour that's like Taproot, Deftones, Linkin Park, and you're getting like three three sounds that have like connective tissue. But at the end of the day, you're seeing three different bands, you know? Yeah, you got, sure. you got yeah. three different concepts of what could be happening. And like, that's what's going on with this Sick New World Festival where you look at that poster and you're like, there's so many different bands on here. Like, this doesn't make right. sense, but it does. It does. Yeah. You know, yeah, if you came or if you were if you were um, grown up in that time period, absolutely. Does. These are the bands you were listening to, you know. And did, did were you ever tempted to hire a DJ? 
<laughs> no, we actually got tempted to end up getting a drummer. The original, uh, when Phil, Mike, and I started this version of Taproot, we actually wanted to be three of us going crazy <laughs> with just a drum machine, like no live drummer, just to make it look really weird and have cool beats, but just three guys going ape shit with no one behind them slamming. But I, I ruined our first show, so we went back and asked Jared to join. Yeah, that never really that never really works out. So for like in the long mm. run, I feel like the bands that are always like, we'll just have a drum machine. It's always like we can't just have a drum machine. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and yeah. I think it's because when when you have a band, if there's just like a little rinky dink 808 back there, <laughs> something's just not. It just doesn't translate. You're, you're Manson you back did that there for a while, didn't he? Who? Manson did that for a while, didn't he? I wish he had kept doing it. And I wish he had tripped over it and died. Uh, so <laughs> I'm wow. Gonna, I'm going to tell you what, though. I'm glad that Velvet Hammer never stepped in and was like, guys, loving it. We need some scratches. We need a DJ. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, no. I, I, said, I still don't even get why our, our old buddies Biscuit, like, I don't even know why they introduced that. They were fine, like, before they even got legal. I mean, he fits old, in great. But. I'm sorry. Old buddies? Yeah. How old? Where does the buddy start and stop? Because I feel like there's uh, a hard line. 97. He left him a nice voicemail. Come on, you don't remember that. I, I, yeah. I actually I read about this before this interview, too. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, shit didn't hit the fan until like the end of 99. But we were, you know, they were friends of ours we'd go hang out with shows shit i was with fred when they released significant other um we're doing the pre-prep at intercourse records i was in on the meeting there i stayed at his house like we were we were pretty close for a while there he just got upset when we decided to not do interscope, like, interscope. <laughs> he said intercourse. that's what i said right you said intercourse <laughs> well, hey, did you say that? Did you say that? i'm not editing that i'm gonna edit out i am gonna edit out philip correcting you though we'll just roll with that <laughs> We'll see what happens to your Wikipedia page. That so, was the perfect Freudian slip. Look, I'm not going to get too in the weeds on it because at the end of the day, it's not It's not like it doesn't define you at all. But one thing I always wondered was that, you know, you guys really rolled with that. You didn't let it like take you down or anything, but that had to have been nerve wracking, right? To get that voicemail and be like, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it was at my goddamn mom's house. And back then it was also on a micro cassette. There was no such thing as voicemail. It was, you know, tape. So it was like kind of awkward to have my mom have to hear that and then tell me about it. But, um, you know, at the same time, we were already doing, you know, what we ended up doing anyway. We were already working with the other people, which is why he left the voicemail to begin with. Hey, Sean, you got to help me with this. Sean, do you ever like edit anyone's Wikipedia page? No, I don't do that. I, I don't just noticed. I just found this, saw this today, and this is actual bullshit. They have the entire voicemail quoted on Taproot's Wikipedia page. The entire really? thing is quote. Someone must have added that recently because that that's has not new. always yeah, been that's there. New. That is bullshit. Mm -hmm. We got to get rid of that because that is really stupid. But yeah, I, I mean, that doesn't define you guys at all. So, but I, we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So one thing that I think is really cool about Taproot and does bring us to the start is you guys have a super dedicated like bootleg concert VHS Oh like, yeah, the the one guy. Does anyone know who Liberated Tape Archives is? Brad, that's Brad Nolan. Yes, Brad, Brad Nolan. Nolan. Yeah. By by the way, I know I know Kirk, you were talking about um, Sick New World. Brad is going to be there recording every set. Oh my God, that's mm. awesome! I hope yeah. he's getting in. I hope he's getting paid. That's really cool. Good that's for him, right. man. Good for Brad. Yeah. Good for Brad. Yeah, so we've known him forever, man. 
Yeah, because I, I just wanted to pull it up to remember, but you've I, you've at least known him since Port Huron, Michigan, the YMCA, twenty fourth <laughs> of July, nineteen ninety nine. Yes, because like that, like he uploaded that, so he uploaded that three years ago, and I remember seeing that and just being like, "What the fuck?" Because that's like some that's like that's like 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 the Beatles at the Cavern Club or something. That's like that rare footage, <laughs> like you'd never expect that from Taproot. Because we talk all the time about all these big bands like uh, Apartment Twenty Six that toured Ozfest and did all these things and there's no live video nothing no live footage right. it's like they're gone they just disappeared so for i think it's cool though for tapper you can be like 99 2000 um if there is any one thing fuck i'm jumping ahead now if there is any one thing though that's missing out of the catalog it is that i have no real way to uh there's no way for me to stream our long road home do you know what that what is, what is with the rights to that? Is that in limbo? Who owns that? Is it? Yeah, it was an independent release with Velvet Hammer. And um, we're talking to them about trying to get it out there. Um, I think it was just when it happened, Spotify and all that stuff wasn't when we released the record. That, that wasn't a major thing to do. And they just haven't bothered to revisit and put it back on there. You know what I mean? But we're, we're talking to them about trying to get it out there and, and make the effort. So yeah, we're working on it. That's that's something we we did. You guys ever cross paths with the band Simon Says? Oh yeah. Oh my god, yeah. They were good friends of ours and one of the best bands ever live. Absolutely. We're, so Steve, real quick, real quick, I'm going to interrupt this guy, this uh, interview, real quick. I, I was just talking to um, Matt Dozat from Hydro Vibe, right? Remember okay. Hydro Vibe? Yeah. Uh -huh. Did was that one of the tours we didn't quite end up doing like i think we were like had planned hydro like before we got signed hydro vibe simon says and i want to say someone else but it didn't work out right yeah yeah or, you're right yeah it didn't it didn't happen though right yeah yeah no, okay no. okay no. wait like, what's uh, the name of that band hydro vibe hydro vibe do you remember them no dawn anyone no, no I, I drive i was cool um you know one of those uh they had uh what's her name heather was the singer or is the singer? I don't know if they're still. I they might still be a thing. I, I think they call themselves Doze at Saint Marie right now. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But the reason why I'm, I I noticed him is he's actually uh, touring with Seal right now. The guitarist for Hydro Vibe is touring with Seal as their guitarist. As his guitarist. How do you like that? Like freaking Kiss from amazing. Rose Seal. Yeah, dude. Like oh, they wow. just did this no, acoustic thing. Seal. It was awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they just did the, i just thought watch this acoustic clip of them doing that and it's just like oh my god that's how cool is that man when you know i mean this is 20 plus years ago that you know we were supposed to tour these guys and now he's playing with seal yeah. well the thing about simon says and also no one who did the pledge of allegiance tour around that time is like what we're, we're working towards getting their albums up on streaming because i don't know if you ever even looked up simon says they're nowhere they're also disappeared and like we're working with them to figure they're out on my ipod and mine too <laughs> mine too but Same. but however you got it on there you didn't buy it off itunes no no right so we're trying to fix that and what it's sounding like as we like work with them to get this done is they're they're kind of coming around to being like wait a minute we own what if we just own the masters and we didn't know we were supposed to upload them so right. I, I was wondering if maybe that was the case with our long road home, or if you guys know, like for a fact, like we don't like that's out of our hands. Uh, honestly, we haven't thought about it until we started doing stuff for this record and everyone keeps asking for it um, the past few months. And we're like, Oh, we should probably dig into that. Um, 
Yeah. And some, I mean, something sure, more than nothing some... would be, would be a, a great, <laughs> I, I know that, I know that, that, that definitely like a blueprint to gift, but yeah, there's some songs on there that just are great. Right yeah. Some of those are going to be on a uh, best, uh, best of besides. And they're on our besides eight disc compilation. We did um, mm-hmm. that whole thing is actually on there. But uh, Best of Besides is remastered. Then we're, getting, we're working on remastering and, or I'm sorry, mastering because they were never mastered in the first place um, <laughs> and getting those out again as well. So we're working on stuff. And then and once we once we re-release that stuff, it'll probably end up on all the well, things. Let's 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 skate backwards again, though. OK, um, can you just just for just for our sake, tell me a little bit about how Taproot got together? uh taproot initially in the beginning i was the drummer mike and i grew up together um i taught him how to play guitar and we started a a punk band with a guy named damon root of all things his last name was root um so uh we we kind of noodled around um but then we basically started a band we were in just crappy bands but we ended up making like an all-star band out of local crappy bands we were a pretty good band so that was back in like 95 96 um but that didn't work out our singer i don't know if you guys ever heard of 20 dead flower children yes back in the day oh yeah there's another one there's another album you'll never hear without finding it right well so dennis their singer was actually taproot's original singer and then i don't know if you've heard of the band called mad hops out of chicago i've heard Mm -hmm. of mad hops i've seen mad hops okay Okay, Mad Hops, Dan, I think he sang for Mad Hops, but he was Taproot's original bassist. And then Mike was on guitar, I was on drums, but the other two guys lived too far away, you know, to rehearse and stuff. So we just kind of split. That's when I got forced into singing, because to, to find drummers is way easier than to find singers. So I kind of got stuck going down that road. But then uh, I met Phil and Jared, they lived with uh, my cousin uh going to U university of michigan together so that's how we came across uh phil and jared to to start the whole the whole new roster back in 97 and go from there how long have you, how long do you think we can make this episode if we just name bands like if we're just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah crossbreed you remember crossbreed crossbreed oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah crossbreed yeah <laughs> who else who else was on the real world john please give me one do it. Let, I'm gonna indulge. Go. Darwin's waiting room. Oh, Darwin's way. Oh, Darwin's waiting room. How about down nice. the sun? Down the sun. Oh, oh down the sun. <laughs> Dude, what about Dredge? You guys remember Dredge? Oh, I Dredge. love Dredge. Wait, Dredge no, no, no. Is- I, I'm Dredge. making no, 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 no. This is actually happening. I'm fucking this up. Let's let's get back on track. We yeah. All day like this. It's it's my favorite band. I could go on forever about that. Yeah. Dredges. Yeah, right. Dredges. Yeah. Right. Uh, enough. Okay, so the now the the record label nonsense did happen around X time uh, after you guys got together. Uh, it was how quick was it between like forming and and getting record label attention? I mean, this was you guys were in like the exact right time at the exact right place. Okay, maybe maybe Ann Arbor, Michigan, isn't the exact right place, but you were around at the exact right time. Yeah, no, we actually made Ann Arbor the place. You know, obviously Detroit's where you'd want to kind of think that you're becoming a huge band but uh the the venue that we used to play all the time called the blind pig in ann arbor it at the time used to just be you know like open mic night you know a couple acoustic jams 
maybe twice a year a national band would come through but we turned that place into like we'd headline every two months sell it out and we'd bring bands from detroit factory 81 you guys know them there's yeah. another oh, old one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my god oh, they, are, they are detroit bands aren't they yeah, yeah. they yeah, like they we brought them to Ann Arbor and like, you know, kind of helped yeah. them out too. So like, Factory that's, 81 uh, are like the union underground. Cause you like look back and you're like, they were headlining. Be like, it'd be like, it'd be like <laughs> factory 81 with support from Mudvayne. And you're like, no shit. Right. <laughs> when, when did that happen? <laughs> so well, I mean, like, literally, that's... literally, literally factory 81 with support from Taproot. Like, yeah, that didn't last. That didn't no, last. no, neither did uh, Lincoln 81. Park and Nonpoint opening for us. <laughs> It, um so three years go by and and let me ask you this though just in terms of like pure band economics you said you were doing support for every band that like rolled through town how no no you was saying we no we we, yeah. we brought in bands to, we to support bands us to, yeah ann arbor yeah. became bigger than detroit we brought everyone in like how'd you do that fact, we by we playing all them. yeah just playing by being taproot yeah all right guys slow down slow down at the time, if I'm getting my timeline correct here, you're unsigned, right? You're just correct. Are, yeah. And you're like booking bands to play Ann Arbor. Well, bro. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it started. I'll, I'll we we started playing the worst places you could play. <laughs> to be honest, like we were playing like you know. I remember one show at what the Mosquito Room, some random bar on the way to the airport. Right. Like, and we, we, we got slotted for like one twenty AM. You know what I mean? Um, we played up in, yeah, up, up in Lansing, uh, another similar one where we're supposed to play like 11. We got bumped to like, you know, one thirty. Um, so we, we put in our time playing some playing to nobody playing to the, uh, you know, to the other bands playing to just the staff of the, of the, of the bar we we're in. And just though through doing that, we just slowly um, and and recording you know recording music, getting it out there, uh, and just slowly built up a fan base. And we couldn't even play Ann Arbor for a long time because again they didn't put on fans like us, and we didn't have a following, so it wouldn't have done them much anyway. But over time, we just slowly built this following. We're playing Cross Street Station in Ypsilanti, and uh, you know JD's Macomb Theater in Mount Clemens. And then finally the blind pig and just built up this thing where we can sell out um, those places. And like Steve said, bring in bands that were doing well or start, you know, up and coming bands and bring them to the pig to, to support us and kind of, and help them out, you know, just trying to build up this cool scene and kind of created a scene in Ann Arbor for us. Was um, the machine shop kind of the goal for you guys? Cause that machine was shop like, wasn't even a thing. Didn't was it a thing yet? Nope. Machine shop was called bamboozled if I remember right at the time. And then Ah. machine shop didn't start till I want to say 2002 ish. It became the machine shop. And then, uh, and over time with Kevin and all those guys up there, they just turned it into the, you know, Kevin and the, uh, the banana, the radio station up there. They -hmm. just turned it into this really cool. um, Like, I mean, dude, they, they, they created a cool club that everyone loves (laughs) in Flint, Flint, Michigan of all places. So it's like, you know, they had something special and they, they built something really cool as well. You know, they just took time and took them just being the people that they are. But yeah, yeah, Machine Shop wasn't even a thing yet. Mm-hmm. So befitting though to your industrious nature, which I think is a, I think that the reason you guys were so bootstrapping about getting a, your name out there is because you're from the Midwest. Like bands that are just like in LA, they're like, we're already here. 
We're already, we're already in LA. It's gonna be nothing. Dude, we'll do a night at the Roxy. We'll be millionaires by Tuesday. Whereas in like in right. Ann Arbor, Michigan, you guys were like, we gotta figure something out. Nobody's right. coming down here. The, ta- yeah. the talent scouts aren't flying out to Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor's airport. Yeah. So I, I think that I think that literally you 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 flip through the uh, booklet of three dollar bill, y'all, and that and it had a call like send in your demos. Mm-hmm. Well, that was that was the benefit of being in the college town, you know. I mean, this is where U of M, Michigan, is, and so uh, back then, you know, all the kids that get the records, you know, to review for the school paper, however it works, they'd go sell the the, the demos for beer money. Ah. <laughs> so, so we came across the record two weeks before it actually got released, three dollar bill, y'all. And that's where it had the the message to say, "Hey, send demos here." So we had a we had a two week advantage on most people. So you thought to yourself, "I love this." So you thought to yourself, "Hey, the album's not even out yet. Bet he hasn't even gotten any demos yet." Exactly. <laughs> yep. And we were fans, so hey. Yeah, Steve and I saw them open up at the Orbit Room in Grand Rapids, uh, opening up for Corn. So it was it was it was Kismet, sort of. Well, it was Kismet until it wasn't. But that so that did come together. He reached out to you. He was very like into it, like right away. And yep. then as far as corporate politics go, did he like fly you out and wine and dine you and hand you a yeah, thousand I mean, dollars in ones or something? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, none of that, but you're no, like, you're I mean, like, it was the late nineties. He handed us ten thousand dollars in ones. No, no, yeah. no. Uh, but, <laughs> no, he he never gave us any money. He gave us the offer for a demo deal, but that was uh no, I'd, I'd spent time. I'd stayed with Fred in L.A. Um, we'd used to go hang out with them every time they came to town. Actually, when Fred was in Detroit playing a show, he came to my house, which is where, you know, we rehearse at my mom's house. And he came and sat. And how big do you think that room was filled? Yeah, like I couldn't. I couldn't. Stuff? Yeah, I couldn't stand all the way up in it. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so, I could if I if I stood in the middle. It was one of those. Um, yeah you know the roof was like this it's even basically like a converted attic it seemed like and if i stood in the middle of the room i could stand up straight gable i think yeah oh there you go nice nice yeah no we picked fred up in detroit and brought him back the first thing we took him to a subway subway (laughs) you're like you're like you're like like, let's let me show you the flavor of ann arbor (laughs) right for sure and he had a he had a handheld uh video camera that was like so cutting edge at the time like oh my gosh he's just walking around like no big deal like just recording everything where's that footage i'll ask him next time i see him next time i see him next time i see him i'll ask him i'll be like i'll be like fred two things first of all steven says fuck you and second of all no no, i'm gonna say that (laughs) he just i just want you to know that steven said ain't shit settled and, and next time he sees you, it's on site. No, I ain't saying any of that. No, I ain't saying that. No, actually, I'm, we're playing a show with them. I'm hoping that he's cool enough to let me go up and sing. Really? Really? Absolutely. When, when is the show? Yeah. When is that show? Blue Ridge Rock Blue Festival, Rock. sometime between September 7th oh, and 10th. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. No, I, I, never, yeah. I, never, I never once had an issue with him whatsoever. And the only reason he got butthurt is because he thought we went, like, behind his back to do something rather than trying to do something better for well, ourselves. And- hold on. So I've, I've got this pulled up over here, right? So around the time that Fred was like, we want to do a demo deal, blah, blah, blah. He was, like, kind of a kingmaker in the industry, but 
you know, it's not as cut and dry as that. Cause if you were talking around like 96, 97, 98, like, yeah, you guys might've been the next stained, but you also could have been the hotheads or big hate or I don't know any of these other bands that just didn't <laughs> pan out so well. Uh, like you don't remember big hate. I don't remember <laughs> big hate. I don't remember big hate. You know what? You have a Wikipedia page. They don't. No. So I, I can't say um, I do, but there, but you know, like he, he, thank fuck you weren't the next stain by the way. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I can't i can't really hear that in my head but like you know if nobody's i think that there's a world where it's like you know you got you got signed to family values and whoa we blew up and everything's huge but there's also a world in which you just like kind of sat on his cell his cell phone rolodex for a long time and then no uh, go nowhere so it's it's totally mm-hmm. possible that the pivot to atlantic velvet hammer was the exact right one to make but do you ever like ask yourself like well what if we had stuck it out or do you think because you were there i wasn't do you really think like it wouldn't have gone anywhere i think it probably wouldn't have gone anywhere honestly <laughs> sorry i'm actually having some fun here I'll, I'm um, gonna edit, I'll edit that and put it at the beginning of the interview <laughs> yeah put put that right after intercourse Yes. yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, intercourse was band. a band. It yeah. was a band. Intercourse records. Why do you say that you think it would not have worked out? Um, just like kind of you're saying, uh, you know, obviously he even said on MTV, um, it was it. We knew it was stained. Then us. Then Thirty Seconds to Mars. I don't know why Thirty Seconds to Mars didn't work either way. Obviously, they they came across their own path as well. That's a good point. Um, but he was doing he was doing too much and it like again we didn't tell him to fuck off we just had the opportunity after opening up for system of a down and their management going like holy shit you guys gotta check this out and they they took us out there and let us play for rick rubin and play for a whole bunch of different labels and then they started their label with atlantic records off of us so that was pretty cool. And so we we had that offer and then Fred caught wind that we played for Rick Rubin. And he just lost his shit, which I I don't have a, like he thought we backstabbed him, which we didn't. We were just trying to do what was the best for us. So Yeah, so and you, I mean, you think it was just kind of reactionary hothead stuff? Pretty much, yeah. And I you know, obviously at the time, not that he's well, he is pretty conceited back then, big headed and whatever. So he didn't want to be like, oh, you know, why are you dissing on me? Fucking me over. I do this. But, you know, you don't ever right. bite your hand that feeds in this business, bro. Took care of my wife. Now, yeah. Your manager, David Beneveniste, whatever, throws our name around. He's getting blackballed, and now he has every single fucking band Fred loves and knows. Bino has all of them you know every good, single band you know it'd be a great podcast exclusive for us is if steven was like actually that's not the full clip i've got the rest of it right here on the second cassette right. and he's just like your family good your dog good burn your house to the ground your car in the river your instrument is chopped up shredded blown overseas blown blown up on a runway blown up on the tarmac a dead horse head in a bed with a taproot shirt on it like we're just like we're sitting here and it goes by for like 30 minutes. I'm gonna run you over with my car. I'm gonna run my car over with my car with you still under it. Well, no, no, the part I got rid of was the part where he was saying, How was that? Was that good? <laughs> <laughs> that would be 
great. That would be good, yeah. Yeah, man, we can use that to get all kinds of publicity. All right, great. Right, right. Just make sure to let people know after a couple years. But I think that I think that I think that what you're saying, Stephen, actually makes a lot of sense to me because with he he was for as as good as his ear was because he signed some bands that really fucking blew up big. He was also very tunnel vision. He was like cold, 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 stain, 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 puddle of mud, puddle of mud, puddle of mud, and then I'm actually not sure what like. She wants revenge. She wants revenge. She wants revenge. Maybe I don't know, but but it was it was like he's like one band, then the other band, then this band, and and I think that if you look at it like that, especially like if you guys had signed to him, and then like stains outside started blowing up, I could absolutely see how you guys would have ended up just kind of like. Well, that's that's what it would have been. I mean, we were in talks with his lawyer about just doing a demo deal, which you know you're already record. on the and it's the lawyer. It's not even right. Him. Yeah. Yeah, so. working with the deal. So, and that's just to like go record two songs and see if it's worth representing us and, you know, probably trying to take three quarters of whatever income we'll make, even though that's what all labels do. But um, we, we had the offer. Including Velvet Hammer? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, we made money off of merch for a couple of years. That was fun. Story of our lives. Story of all of our lives, I think. Exactly. Um, so, but you know what? Enough, enough, enough. I don't want to, I don't, we don't need to relitigate this drama over and over and over. Let's, let's move on. I mean, so. Let's, uh, hey, Kirk, I, I was hoping you would bring up, you have a connection to Taproot. What the fuck are you talking about? You do this every uh, fucking yes. episode. You, you make something up. You shot a music video and there was an editor for that music video who also edited. Uh, oh, Dave Chessel edited your music video for Poem. That's right. That's right. He edited the music uh, videos for oh, Poem yeah, Dave. and Crawling. Get the fuck out. You don't know Dave. I don't. Man, that would have been weird. That would have been weird. <laughs> but uh, but I digress. You're you're once and he did prayer for disturb, but you are absolutely you're jumping way too far ahead. We're not getting that far ahead. You're not gonna skip gift like that. You're really gonna disagree. You know you're gonna jump you know right over really, You know what's really fucked up, Kurt, is every time I see you like on, on social media and shit, I think you have my eyes. Really? Do I now? Yeah. Oh man. That's awesome. I can see that. I think that's yeah. awesome. that is awesome. And I do a, I do a mean. Give them back, Kirk. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I do a mean Stephen Richards too. Every time I've ever done Taproot karaoke, it's like you pick the high harmony. You don't try to do them all. Ride that shit out. And and the whole bar will be looking at you like, the fuck is this? And you're like, yes, yeah, ass, right? You guys like again and again. I actually commissioned. I actually commissioned a guy on Fiverr to create a karaoke version of again and again because it doesn't exist. So I I had <laughs> someone make one. I'm like, I'm like, this shit is a, like, I feel like I was at Atlantic in 1999. I'm like, this shit was, is a hit. This is a hit. This is a hit. We need, I want this everywhere. This doing huge at phones. It's blowing up. Call-ins are really positive, but, um, right. So gift comes together. How long did it take to write gift? Is it kind of like we've been working on it all our lives or was it like, oh shit, we got to come up with something. There was only one song written for GIF that wasn't an old song that we'd already done as independent releases before getting signed. Everything you hear on there is something that we just had to re-record and doesn't sound as good as the demos. Huh. What was the one song? Now. It was now. Oh, really? So I, I, cause I remember you guys did play like, you guys were like demoing again and again at like the YMCA, I think. No? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was yeah, one of the what? first ones. It was way slower, though. It was way slower at the time. It's like even so. Okay, that's really well. That's cool. So that all came yeah, together that, like that was before we became alcoholics. Oh no, kidding! Well, we're all on that journey, aren't we? Um. Fair, yeah. So, and you know what? Speaking of which, I 
what I've always thought was really compelling about Gift is 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 New Metal in retrospect has this reputation for being like, oh, it's about it's a bunch of angry angry white dudes being angry at everyone. Whereas with Gift, uh, the lyrics are very like self-deterministic. You do a lot of writing from like, obviously like a really intensive first person perspective, but it's very introspective. And it's like, most of the songs are about like getting your shit together and just being a better person. Like, that's why I've always thought again and again was such a like a definitive track. Cause it's like, you're not like, you're not like, I'm one step closer to the edge or like, I'm going to, I'm going to fight you or something. You're just like, I need a day off. Right. That's what, like, that's what the, the song is literally just like, man, I could use a break. And I think right. that's great. But I wish yeah. I wish more people could write like that. So I, I guess I'm and I guess I've always just wondered, like, has this always been your writing style or was it because like you you were it was coming together quick in the studio? Like you didn't overthink no, I, it. That's just my nature. I mean, at the end of the day, I that's one of the few things that I really love about our fans like that's cool you like heavy music and you like whatever but i have a lot of people you know pull me aside and say that they relate to what i write about and i don't set out to like write catchy lyrics that will appeal nickelback photograph style even he admits that that's like his formula that's not what i do i just vent and i'm just me alone uh, it's i used to keep journals and stuff and then make it match to the music just I don't have, I've never had a lot of friends and Phil can tell you like, uh, so for me meeting the people that understand and respect my lyrics, I respect them even more because they, they comprehend what I'm going through and they're going through the same stuff. So that's, that's just what I write. I just write about myself and if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, then you probably still don't like it anyway. Now, and, and now at this, it contemporaneously, like as far as I'm concerned, I was like eight years old at the time. So you guys are not on my radar yet. I wish you were, but you're not. Uh, <laughs> and Sean, you had gotten their demo and Cran, you were turning 40. Yes, I'm currently 62. So, <laughs> Sean, well, how did you I how did you find yeah. their demo? Sure. So I was stepping out of the Snowcore 2000 ah, venue in the mud, wow. mid, Hudson, mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. It was a system of a down incubus, Mr. Bungle and Puya. And, uh, and then me and my friend Chris walked out. We're like, that was fucking amazing. I uh, was the best show we ever been to. Also, we had only been to like three concerts in our lives. So like, it, <laughs> but still, it was an amazing show. And it was there was at least four or five streetwise um, people that were handing out tapes and handing yeah. out demos and stuff. And your guys's demo was what they handed us. It was yeah. one song was each side and we, we just took whatever we could. We had, you know, taproot, we had Papa Roach, we had pitch shifter. Um, but that taproot tape is just, we were just like, what is this? So, and we were just waiting for that, that album to come out. So when, when gift came out, when we went straight to circuit city, good old circuit city. So a few oh, things about Sean, that, that. Sean and his so friends walked into circuit 22. city. You paid $22.99. $22.99 for it. Yeah. Here's this nice, crisp $20 bill. <laughs> with that long plastic uh, thing he's, with he's the like, handle on it. He's like, he's like, he's like, one album, please. <laughs> one album, please. <laughs> Walk out, they're like, this better be good. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this better be good. So, we, so I, I'm also the moderator at the, uh, the Reddit New Metal. And you guys did an AMA with us, which was Oh, awesome. yeah, yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, way back when we did the 20th anniversary again, three years ago. And uh, I would like to uh, verify that yep. this album was sponsored by Office Space and Port Wine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got the port wine part. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, but but he said it was funny when you said like uh, for Office Space, it was like, the, you know, is it the guy's, you know, your name is Steven and the guy who plays Milton yeah. is Steven Root. So it's yeah. like they, that's, that's yeah. great. <laughs> and I, I, I always say no salt. So, and I do, I do want to bring, but I do want to bring grandfather in on this because I'm going to tell you something right here. Taproot is grandfather's Is it just your favorite band of all time? Or are you still with Leonard Skinner on that one? It's, it's always going to be Skinner for me for but No, I, I can't stand Leonard Skinner. Apologies to anybody who likes Leonard Skinner. Not my thing. <laughs> Uh, no, we, we did an episode about our favorite new bands of all time, and I picked Tapper. So, yeah. Well, God bless you. How I, much did he pay to say that? <laughs> Zero. I, I have made negative $6,000 doing this podcast. So. <laughs> and on our records. Yeah, they're like, they're like, they're yeah. like oh, yeah, the, that never gets better. <laughs> that never. Yeah. So wait, 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 grandfather though. So were you like, were you like day one? You were in the snow waiting for the store to open so you get gift, or when did you come in the picture here? Uh Ozfest 2001. I watched you guys play a blistering set on the second stage, and I immediately ran over to the merch booth. I got the the shirt. It was the summer tour where the E and summer was a three, and for whatever reason, the T was a two. And I, <laughs> I I just what? I rocked that shit for the rest of the summer. Like I I actually uh I it was between that and slipknot gear because I was a huge slipknot guy at the time. So hey, what, basically... let me ask you something, Kren. What color were the were the clothes Taproot was wearing on stage? Okay. Uh at that show, I want to feeling like it one white. color. It, it was is... all white. Mm-hmm. I, Mine I, I, white I, on white. I like none more white. white. I thought the all white was really cool. I like when bands to this day think, still very cool. Very I think cool, I yeah. think when bands it was different because every band was like black with the wallet chains, and then Taproot comes on and it's just like super clean, fresh laundry. They come out, they're like, let's get this over with. We got a house to paint. It smells mine, different. Mine, the BO just mine, cleared out. Mine was white and red, though. I had so much port wine. I poured port wine over my head, so it was like white and purple. <laughs> well, I really like when bands coordinate. So I wonder, though, where did the all white come from? I don't remember whose idea it was, but it was just sort of like um, we knew it was going to be hot. And we knew white was uh, one of the cooler colors to wear in the summertime. And when it keep us as, as uh, you know, black, obviously everyone was wearing black, like you said. So we wanted to stand out and. Yeah, just one uh, of somebody brainstormed it, and we decided, oh, let's go for it. Well, there was I had no idea it was going to be such a big deal. Yeah, and there was also one time too. Where were we? Arizona or New Mexico? Sorry, you're cutting out. Taproot, because we always knew like go up. With, I'm cutting out. Yeah, right yeah sorry. Nope, you're good now. Go for it. Oh, we we uh. Growing up playing sports, it was always way more intimidating when you show up to an arena and the entire team shows up in the same outfit, like the same sports gear. You know, like what you're mm-hmm. not just a dude walking in to play a game. There's a team that shows up wearing the same thing. It's A, a combination of that. And B, we also had a huge failure of buying like sweat, you know, comfy clothes. We called it Team Taproot. And they were blue. <laughs> 
<laughs> blue and yellow nonsense like warm up <laughs> clothes and breezers that did not I forgot work. about that we, we I tried. forgot about that team Taffrey. Oh, I forgot about that dude yeah no one really got that no one enjoyed that joke as much as we did and who whose didn't fit Mike's like they were probably, probably I don't know something like that yeah. I, I do think that's really clever though like if you had to pick out like if you go through a whole day at fucking Ozfest and you're like thinking in your mind, like remembering all the bands you saw, it would be really easy to be like, well, there was also this one band. They all wore white. Like, yeah. cause that's like the one color you are not going to see any other <laughs> band wear. And you guys were like head to toe. So I, I actually, I'm, I kind of, between this, the Atlantic records thing, booking all the bands uh, in your hometown, I kind of get the feeling like you guys are actually very clever dudes. Like I think that, I think that this is all coming together in a very clever way. So but gift, I think gift is a uh, gives a new. It's a classic. Gives a new metal classic. I love that album. It's one of the first albums I actually got into when I was like rediscovering the genre. Was I had I had picked up gift. I I like to say picked up. Like I bought it at a record store when I added gift to my Apple Music library. It just doesn't have the same. It just doesn't have the same oomph to it, does it? But um, that was I, that was when I was going through a really tough time at work too, and I kind of just was like like what I remember. I would used to we'd have like our, our, our artists working and we, we do shifts until like 2 a.m. And I would put my headphones on and I would just leave and just walk around the block and listen to Gift. I would just do whole laps like, please, God, no, I don't want to have to go back in there. These are, I was like, man, these are emotional times. These oh, are, shit. man. This shit sucks. So <laughs> I, I think that's really cool, though, that, yeah, I mean, it's cool that like it can still resonate all these all these decades later and i'm sure you guys pick up new fans you know i i especially now i feel like you guys must notice like hey you know there's younger people coming around what's up with that well once we play shows we'll notice that right now yeah, you're like you're like know. you're like you're like no there's not actually nobody's not any shows yet yeah nobody's yeah, not no, well, door. it's all it's all just talking guys like us <laughs> right I've well no like winding down our last couple tours it was like oh my my uncle got me into you guys and i was like oh shit now it's gonna be grandparents <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. my grandpa turned me on you guys like fuck my life <laughs> and by the way and by the way kirk if you cannot use your real hands anymore it's really trippy to see the filter hands and <laughs> but anyway so we do end up I, I here's something else i think is interesting uh because it's always rare for this to happen uh you had a single peak at 95 in the UK again and again, goes top 100 in the UK. Were at any point you guys like aware of that? Were you ever like, Hey, we should go play some shows over there. Really? Um, I don't know if we were aware that that was top 95. But we did, we, we've been over there though. We've got some good yeah. shows in, in England. You guys play around, around that time. Our intro, yeah. our intro, our intro to England, England was the Kid Rock show, right? Like we just did a one-off with Kid Rock, the first time. Wow. Was that before? No, I think that was second time because the first time was Deftones Incubus, right? Then that hit, yeah, that hit, yeah. Well, the London, right? That was two thousand. I want to say Kid Rock was later. I could be wrong, but I want to say Kid Rock was later. Oh really? What about yeah. Chip Pitcher? Pitch Shifter. Oh, you play with Pitch Shifter. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh no like kidding. That. We should ask them. We should ask them. We talked to him too. Nice. The shifter of the pitch. Killer too. Right. <laughs> yeah, you guys were at 95 in the UK, and then both singles from Welcome peaked at the same number, which was 92. And I think that's interesting because it's like 
I don't exactly know how the, for as much time as I spend reading about all this shit, I still don't know exactly what the difference is between like the England top 100 singles in America, but that's like, if it's like the hot 100, it's like you were kind of bigger there for a quick second than you were here because you never actually made it into like the Billboard Hot 100 on this side. Well, so uh, I, I was wondering. Yeah. You're like, I mean, you're like, they, only have, they have like five, they have five TV stations. We might've had commercials. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Kerrang TV maybe was into, was into you guys. I could see that right. being a thing. But then, <laughs> but then as, as, as all of human history had been building up to, I arrive in this story. Yes. Me. <laughs> Finally, because I was going to school in the Chicagoland area. And because I was just developing my own music taste, I was like, I was like, we are going to school. We we're going back from school. We were listening to Q101. We were listening to 94.7 The Zone. I don't know. I don't know how my mom and I don't know how my mom put up with that. I, I should ask her to be like, you hated that stuff, right? Because I remember I remember her drawing the line at some places like they would play Nirvana and she would be like, did they are they saying that he has a gun? And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, he swears he doesn't have a gun, doesn't have a gun. But um, but like Q, I'm sure I don't even need to tell you Q101 rinsed poem was just yeah, yeah. heavy airplay heavy airplay and in one of the most absolutely sensical lineups you all ever speak is of course i remember prayer by disturbed send the pain below by chevelle and poem by taproot being like being like just day in day out morning new night bangers um and it's in at least in my brain poem is almost like a pop hit like it, it kind of resides in that spot in my head where it's like it's got this super catchy chorus and it sort of fills that same niche of it of being like I don't want to say that you're going to be so insulted. I almost said like a Britney Spears song or something, but I did. Um, before before um, doing this interview, my uh, I told my wife that we were doing this, and she's like, "I think I saw them with the Disturbed." And I was just she started scrolling through Spotify and played "Poem" and blasted it out loud in the kitchen while we're doing the dishes, and we both started singing it together. Just like, <laughs> and, was, oh, and we're yeah. just like, she's like, oh yeah, I love this. And then we were just like jamming to it. And I was just kind of like, that was a good moment. So, and then you yeah. went back to never speaking to each other is what that sounds like. <laughs> you're like. You're like, that was a good moment. You that was look, a good moment. Kind of looked down in the bedroom. Speaking of the Britney Spears thing, which I don't take offense to whatsoever Thank but did you God. guys did you, did you guys know that the original oops i did it again was written for tlc oh i could totally believe that i don't yeah, know, I I can't know that. that yeah oh it's so believable they should have took that too for real for real yeah for real. i know yeah but, like um, that makes that makes a lot of sense to me it, it, it blew my mind when someone pointed out like the missing link between r&b and boy bands was like boys to men like doing like those those boy band harmonies and stuff i'm like i'm like oh yeah of course because i think that with like MTV and TRL, it kind of feels like boy bands were just suddenly like, boom, just <laughs> here they are. Whereas, you know, there's a musical lineage. And so it's like, it kind of goes like boys to men, in sync, taproot. Like it's a, it's a straight line. You guys are all well, inspired. dude, the Godfathers, Godfathers of boy bands is New Kids on the Block. You cannot forget about them. Then these were right. all influences for you guys working on yeah. Welcome. Yes. And you know how you know how you th you gave us credit for being you know like at least outside the box thinkers are really clever. Um, when we came to having a choose oh, an yeah. incorporation, <laughs> like obviously we got signed. We have you know a publishing company, and then we had to do an incorporation. Obviously, you know everything incorporated ends with INC Inc. 
And so after a whole bunch of jokes, left and right, everything but the kitchens, ink, all that nonsense, we ended up going with ints, ink, so we could tell people that we were in InSync. <laughs> how did that, and how did that net out? <laughs> Most people couldn't figure it out. They're like, ints? Why are you guys ints? What's ints? Like, say the whole thing. Just, in, every just time, just, in every time, it's, it's, it's like, say it out loud. Say it out loud. It's really funny. It's really funny, ints, actually. Ints, ink, I don't get ints. Oh, InSync. Okay, I get it. Well, and that's another funny thing too is Alien Ant Farm, funny guys, great people. Yeah. They they almost went with Phil Lipscomb. Ink. <laughs> that, now that's funny. Now that's that funny. funny. Yeah, that's good. Um, so with the song though, Phil Lipscomb. <laughs> yeah, it's just a tight song, and uh, it was huge in in the Midwest. That was a huge song, and like to me, it was like right up there with anything by like System of a Down was the song. So. Um, what were you guys like? What was your sort of like? Where were you at around this time? Were you guys like, oh, sh- we're 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 we we did it, we made it, we've arrived? Uh, <laughs> still waiting for that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of feel this the is same it. Way. This is it right now. <laughs> this is yeah, your arrived moment. Oh, then everyone, quiet. Let me enjoy this. <laughs> Thank you. No, I agree Thank you. you. Thank no, you. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, for us, it's like kind of a terrible joke, but kind of honest truth. It was like, man, we started our first tour was with Papa Roach and that was their first tour. Like, so we traveled the country together as our first tours together. Awesome. Next thing you know, we're fucking landing Deftones Incubus. Fucking sweet. Deftones, one of our favorite bands. And then we did two Ozfests not including crazy town that was kind of stupid but uh ozfest were fucking sweet and then after that it was just kind of like oh we're headlining now <laughs> wait what what is that sound what's that sound you just made what do you mean by that we we when you say ask when we know we made it or whatever happened it was like man 2000 was amazing 2002 was amazing with poem all the ozfests and all that stuff but holy shit we started our career with like what else could you want to possibly do in music right now whatsoever and then it turned into, you know, writing music, which is what we do, and playing shows, which is what we do. But, I mean, how do you beat the first two or three years of our career? And, and when I was making, it wasn't, like, sucking, but, I mean, God, opening for Disturbed. That's a Chicago joke. Come on. I, I don't, don't, I, don't, I, don't I, I would, I would, I would, I would rank Taproot above Disturbed. Some of these guys are too young. And so, but so you're are you talking down on the music as a weapon tour? Was that no good? Oh, fuck no, that no, that was a great tour, but that had a lot of you know business nonsense. Yeah, let me you know what, let me ask you about it because I don't remember where I heard this, but I heard that along that tour, you and Chevelle actually switched spots, Mm -hmm. yeah, which was totally fun because the red was becoming the huge thing, but the whole 
ordeal because that's why I made the disturbed joke is because there was way bigger beef with disturbed and us than there was with Fred. Fred just got mad at us for a minute, but us and disturbed, we've been kicked out the last two times we played with disturbed. We've been kicked. <laughs> we've been kicked out of the building straight from our dressing room. Like we can't do. Anything. I forgot about the other time. I thought I just remember the first time. Nashville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nashville. Fuck that. It's all no. coming together. So grandfather earlier when he got very excited. So Dave Chessel, who edited your music video for Poem, also oh, yeah, edited Dave. also edited the music video. You don't know Dave. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you, he also edited the music video for Prayer by Disturbed. And David Draymond came to the studio where he was editing and came downstairs and was like, so is this what you do all day? You just sit down here? That's like, that's kind of sad. And, and he was like, I'm editing your video. <laughs> right now and he's down there in his like his leather pants and his like sunglasses and he's like so this is what you do all day huh you guys just sit inside his eight inch heels let me tell you i don't i don't find it hard he's not a tall man i don't find it hard to believe that this guy would be an asshole if that's what you're insinuating um kind of no i mean it was it was really cool because once again Pro Chicago, it was Chicago band, Chicago band, my wannabe Chicago ass is part of a Chicago band. And Texas. Um, right. <laughs> For sure. Shout out to Unloco. So it was really cool because Chevelle is cool. We were always cool with Chevelle and it, the red was smashing. So the whole deal was, okay, we'd be more than happy to, but it wasn't like management and management coming together and approaching us like hey is this cool it was the singer of you know disturbed sitting us down and saying here's how it's going to go tucka tucka you guys will be opening the show now and chevelle will be direct support and we're like well, uh, technically no not on paper uh, you know we'll have to figure that out but with chevelle we didn't mind so we rotated and stuff and the whole agreement was for the dvd and the final show in chicago at the usc whatever center it was chevelle absolutely gets you know direct support totally fine with us but we had oh, one of my favorite stories of our missing band member was so many shenanigans that he pulled with uh the the vocalist of disturbed but we got kicked out of the last show <laughs> because he promised not to do something on that tour and then of course for the live dvd show he did what he promised he would not do anymore and so you have we got to say we what got, it is i have to know, uh, you know. <laughs> so so there was some beef um with from just some interview that we had read or something that uh david Draymond did not like Finch because Finch said something about David Draymond in an in interview, right? Oh, yeah, some... they like fought each other. Oh, yeah, they did fight each other. Yeah, this, some rotating this was stage, right, right before that. And this yeah. was right before that, the rotating stage. This was before yeah. that, too, though. Yeah. Yep. So we knew about that. And after this whole um, switching with, uh, you know, change, changing of the order of the bands, um, it really bothered Mike and just the way it went down. So Mike just had a white t-shirt that he wrote Finch on right and was wearing that every day for a while and then uh and then uh, the david i did david approach him himself or however it went down basically we were told don't wear that shirt no, anymore yeah. you guys are off the tour no right? it was in the dress it was in the dress is that that was that the hershey's hershey hershey stadium where where they almost got in a fight 
Yeah, when I tackled Draymond, he tried. Yeah. He, choked, he choked Mike, and I fucking ripped Draymond off him. Yeah, but that's when he was saying. In like, hindsight, though, Steve, in hindsight, <laughs> you probably should have stayed back. Right. Just no. him again. You're telling me he choked out your guitarist over a T-shirt? He tried to. Oh, f- fuck that! No. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I jumped me. No, I took him yes. to the ground, and then other people were there, luckily, because uh, he he was a, a paratrooper in wherever the Israeli army, army. Israel, yeah. Israel, yeah, yeah. I, I I was scared of his. I'm uh, not scared, Stephen. I'll help you defeat that man. You know what? <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Let's do this. Let's get that lick back. We're gonna get it back in blood. We're coming. So basically. After after that show, um, we're told basically if you wear that shirt again, you're off the tour. So fast forward to the last show of the tour, Mike puts on the shirt but puts on backwards, so you can't quite read it inside immediately. Out. Yeah. Inside out. That's what it's always like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. So and then yeah. So then they got wind of it, and then right after we played, all our stuff got pushed outside. We were planning on going home afterwards anyway. We didn't. We you know, but yeah. That's a shit, so, and that's such shit. It's like every tour you're supposed to do this. We're supposed to all have a little fun here. We're all so I, to... we're, we're we're fine with those guys. There's, there's no, I don't think anybody's held on to that by any means. But what's funny is, well, I, <laughs> think I don't know. I'm yeah. seeing a face over here. <laughs> yeah. It looks like one of you has held on to this by some means. Well, to me, one of the greatest things because Steve would like always do like a David Draymond impression live. Like he'd do the he, whole like he, arms out when, wide and just kind of yeah, dude, and when the he, ah thing and all that stuff, right? When when he like when when Steven just now like sat did David Draymond sitting you down to tell you about the orders? I was like I was like this is a good David Draymond impression. Like you kind of have oh, yeah, the down. Yeah. Here's and he'd throw it in, he'd, he'd throw it in, 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 in our songs and stuff, even with them there. Like <laughs> I remember when we were playing the Roxy or something and, and Steve still did the David Draymond um, with them in the crowd. But what's even better, at all, there's a club on top of the Roxy called on the rocks. And I guess one of the photographers had taken a picture of Steve and it is Steve doing the David Draymond. <laughs> and that, and that was on the wall. So, so it's it's Taproot, but it's Taproot doing Disturbed, which is just hilarious to me. Is it still there? Uh, I don't know. Probably not anymore. Uh, I, I might have to, I might have to slide. Out, yeah, I might have to go take a look. But um, yeah, but it awesome. was as of like probably 15 years ago. So there's another piece. There's a piece of legacy Taproot media that needs to resurface. First of all, Philip, do you run or you did run the YouTube channel? Yes. Okay. Do you have a recording of the performance you did of poem on Last Call with Carson Daly? I have it on tape somewhere. That. What? I cannot find that. Ah, come on! It's like ah, of all the things uh, not to have, it's I don't know. Uh, I, I've never seen. I it. have it on VHS somewhere. Do you? Yeah, somewhere. If you could dig that out, that'd be cool. Because the the story, as I'm reading it here, is that you guys were late because of weather, and then you played yeah, a half yeah. hour set. Yeah, that was a pain <laughs> to get to. And a lot of them stayed, which was cool. Like they stayed just to wait for us. I'd yeah. love to see that. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it, it's only we, we didn't do a half hour set. Though. I think we only did the one song still, right? Or maybe two. We did poem twice. Okay. But <laughs> the, the cool thing now, though, is the thing I remember is that our dressing room was Maya Rudolph's dressing room. Oh yeah. Oh cool. Oh, she yeah. seems nice. Mm-hmm. So I got a my... question for you guys about. Um, about welcome though um and then i don't know if you guys have been asked this already but like in previous like interviews but i couldn't find any like verification on it 
was something actually scheduled with Lane Staley? Yeah. On Welcome. Yeah. And did, Yo, did it ever get did it ever get recorded? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the word. It's not ironically. It's tragic. But um, when Lane's mom went to pick up his stuff, the only CD because that's what still mattered back then. The only CD in his loft was Taproot, and it was a song called kevin spacey, spacey. <laughs> <laughs> right which is funny but no uh toby and i were two days away from flying there and like i was even getting the heads up because i've you know i've never been around harsh harsh drugs or you know mm -hmm. so he, he was even giving me the heads up on like just you know stuff smells really bad it's gonna be kind of awkward teeth all that stuff but he he had a, a studio in his, his loft and he you know toby was gonna make him do it and i'm sure he had ideas but obviously he was kind of on his way out at that point but it was yeah. two days before we flew out that uh mike found his body that actually wow. is incredible because it's wow. like that was the last time i mean he went what like years without ever singing into a mic so that would have mm -hmm. been like yeah that would have been like it so yeah and that's that heavy. was that was toby just saying like yeah no like we we gotta get you doing something he probably knew you know something was going on so he's like we gotta get him fucking doing something let's get his mind off of shit but is know, that, that track was... did you guys end up recording that track though on your own is that on besides i'm sorry i don't i didn't get to check that out that it is on, it is it is on besides but we also did a um a proper version of it um which is what uh lane was going to be uh, which is what Lane had, but we don't have a copy of that or somewhere. I don't know. I don't have a copy of that. Yeah, no, that would be back to like the whole who has the rights and all that shit. Atlantic Rock yeah. Atlantic Records has it somewhere. That's just one of the things we haven't gotten our hands on. Like we had the studio version tracked, ready to go. Just for some reason, it was one of those songs. I was like, I don't know what to do it was just like we mm -hmm. called it spacey for a reason well we called it kevin spacey and now it's <laughs> pretty fucking funny <laughs> but um I, it was just one of those like ethereal things that i just i didn't really feel like putting anything on it like i thought it more was a feeling and then toby was like lane we were like fuck yes that yeah. didn't work out. We ended up having uh, Cam from American Head Charge try to come in. Oh, American Head Charge! I remember those guys. Oh, yeah. oh baby, let's baby. go. Let's back go. It. American Head back Charge, the War yeah. of Art, the greatest album yeah. in music history. So cool By stuff far. on there, man. I've got, a, I've got my frame poster over there. Four T-shirts yeah. back here. There, I fucking will die about the War of Art. Oh and, my god, uh, I've been god. working so hard to get in touch with those guys because I'll do, I'll die about that. So. Now, but Dude, this is crazy. Are you telling me there's vocals from Cam on one of these songs? That I would have no idea if was kept. He came in to give it a shot. It just didn't work out. Like it didn't turn into something that if Lane would have done it and, you know, we just, we'd rather keep it instrumental off it. It's not like he did a shit job. It just wasn't what we were looking yeah, for. Yeah, of course. And it's like you can't replicate that. Speaking of, was Lane a fan of you guys? Oh, probably had no clue. I mean, I oh, think <laughs> yeah. I guess around that time he wasn't like into new bands. No, I mean he was, you know, who knows where the fuck he was at. Like if you read about his life during that period, like from 1998 onwards, he was gone. 
yeah, yeah. I just went into the story recently for some reason, but but let, let's move on. I uh, so the second single from Welcome, that's that's mine, which is also the opener on the track. And I really think Steven, I think you really come into your own vocally on this one because this is where it's like, because like obviously like people would compare you to Lane, but I don't think Lane ever really like did harmonies this tight and i don't know if he ever did like harmonies with himself is it it, are you doing three-part harmonies all in your with your own voice yeah yeah that's and i think that's super super distinctive i I really don't think it's more of like that's almost like an r&b type thing to do to do like dense self harmonies and i think that when you like couple that with the lyrics being so like introspective and internal it 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 hits a lot harder that it's all you instead of like Phillips yes here doing the other harmonies right (laughs) nobody wants that (laughs) no it was Jared Jared did the harmonies live Jared did the harmonies live doing well too he do them good too oh yeah Yeah, he still got that voice is that is the headset mic coming back for these shows yeah hopefully a couple yeah and Taylor our new guitarist he'll be doing a lot of the high stuff because he he sings for a band called Writing with Killers so he knows how to play guitar and sing too so I might be getting stuck with the the lesser important vocals, the lower ones, because he <laughs> sings he, he sings high. Well, look, let me ask you though, since people tend to just point to Lane and move on, what other vocal influences, inspirations did you have? Well, that's the weird thing for me with Allison Chains and Lane. To me, Allison Chains is the album Dirt. That is the album I taught myself how to play guitar. For I was a drummer my entire life since the age of five. Dirt was the album I picked up a guitar and taught myself how to play guitar. At that time, and I still technically to this day, I have a song coming up on the new record, Scissors, that's called Favorite Song that talks about how no matter what your favorite song is, you probably don't know all the lyrics to it. And you just kind of fake sing along with it until you know the rest of it. I still literally couldn't sing you 80% of lyrics off of dirt. I just know the notes and the sound of his voice. But I I didn't realize until around when he passed that that entire record was about him being on dope and fading away. And then after, after that record, the next record, I'm like, oh, yeah, right. But listening to dirt for me was learning guitar and cool fucking harmonies. Like I had no idea how important the lyrics were for him and for people that needed to be there for him. So the lane thing was more introduced to me through Toby who'd worked with them and, you know, kind of got me doing the three parts I'd always had harmonies and cool, but Toby was the one like, add this. I was like, you had heard junk head though, right? <laughs> I was the same thing. <laughs> I honestly, he's when like, you say like, that, hey man, we all got junk lying around, junk in the garbage can, <laughs> junk cars, could have been anything. No, no but I, honestly, being one of my favorite records, when you say junk head, I don't even know which song that is off the top of my head. Yeah, he's a uh, real fan. It's track seven. Oh my god, this fucking guy. Well, listen, I'm gonna <laughs> that, tell you what, okay, Steven, track seven. That's that's where I'd go. I'm gonna tell yeah. you what, Steven. That it was a very interesting answer. To the question who are your other vocal influences besides lane staley but yeah. if it really comes down to that i mean that's fine too but i, I could certainly hear like chino moreno in there and no holy shit chino. all right wow never mind no i would have gone with, growing up i would have been a phil anselmo fan and a mm-hmm. mike Patton fan okay that's pretty pretty much oh. about it 
I can see that. Yeah. That triangulates it. Yeah, I think that that mm-hmm. brings it around for sure. Um, and before we like move on or whatever, I don't want to trample over my guests here. Do you guys have any questions about this era? Uh, the welcome era. Yeah. Why didn't you release like as a single? Wow, you were mad. You had yeah, to, I do, I do know <laughs> that would have been your guys's drive. It, it, <clears throat> you because we didn't want to play it live. <laughs> uh, honestly, it's such I, a good song though. Yeah, it never made it that far. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I I would have been fine with that. I would have been happier with that than fucking mine. Really, not a fan. You don't like mine. No, it's it's a cool song. I don't know. It's just one of those. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, there really isn't a second single on that record after after poem, in my opinion. I mean, not nothing that's I, definitive, right? We have conjecture. Just, it's like it's like it's yeah. Maybe goes, we made a mistake. Objectively, grandfather velvet hammer. Although mine is a really good video. A and R over here. If my time machine works out, I will really re-release like second instead of mine. <laughs> when putting together the set list for these like these shows you have coming up. What what were the tracks that that you're like? Oh, these are the ones that we want off. Welcome, like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's which you'll be playing now at the Forge in Joliet, Illinois. <laughs> oh, nice! It's all you, Steve. Steve does the set list. He's got his formula. Yeah. I, so, what are we playing like now? No, no. Seems like Please, it. no. No, guess not. Um, Sean, what about you? Where were you around this period? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of great to see the band kind of get recognition that was like outside of like the new metal circles because, well, I, as much as like, you know, the songs of GIF were, you know, resonating with people that like this type of music, it was poem that. I had people from the outside going like, oh, I heard you like this, this, you know, have you heard this band? I'm like, yeah, I've heard of Taproot. Like, welcome to the party. Like, this is, I've been trying to tell you guys about these guys. So it was kind of nice to see that um, the your guys' audience expand a little bit. And I was like, well, good. That's, they're going to get this, the success they deserve. Um, but, um, but yeah, that, I mean, that album, and then of course the the Lane Staley question. That those are the big ones that I had for that one. Um, so a little a little piece of information regarding poem that I don't. I think it's funny. I think a lot of people don't realize this because you you only know poem from where you guys were at the time, and apparently all the radio stations played poem a lot, right? But the weird thing was, it was never like one of those songs that what, what they call buzzworthy at the time. It was never on all the radio stations at the same time. So like they never all agreed at the same time we're going to play poem. So say these five stations are playing poem and then a month later, these five stations are playing poem and then a month later, these five stations are playing poem. Well, that those first five stations are now moving on to the next thing. And then mm-hmm. that slowly hit all these radio stations and it became a hit everywhere. But it never hit that buzzworthy thing where it just became this huge song and, and launched, us, launched us in the stratosphere. Like I mean, the record never even went gold. Right. It's just uh, under gold. I, you're, I think it actually did go gold. Not quite. I, no. think, we're, I think we're fighting to lie about that. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah. Des, <laughs> it's, not, it's, no. it's, Des certified as of 2023 
is a gold. It's album. close. It's very so, close. Oh, somebody, Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> it Unless it, yeah. it literally happened the last month, and and we weren't told about it. It, it we're close. We're close. Either way. So, I, but that's I like, streamed just, it one more time for this episode, and that did it. It was that right, one more time stream. Yeah. Atlantic has so got it, your gold record on its way. And then Atlantic immediately like, went to Wikipedia we to put gold. that on there. Well, that yeah. that would be like that would be like our long road home. Atlantic sending us a gold record. Right. Here is your fifteen dollars. Um, so to that end, though, we ne well, we never made the millions of dollars or whatever. You know, you know what I mean. We never had those or even sold a million records from it, right? So mm -hmm. I think that hurt us in the short run when you look back, but looking at where, what we're doing now and this, you know, we kind of always stayed under that, under that radar being this huge band that everybody knows. So I think that helped our longevity as far as still, I don't know what if you want to call it, like being, you know, when a band gets too big, you kind of get like, oh, you kind of lose that. Yeah. You kind of lose that like pers personal feeling towards them, you know, well, like it's a tour like band, right? It's just like, like this, this momentum and, and you feel like they, okay, we, we've hit this stride. We need to maintain this, this moment that we're at. So if we create more catchy songs, uh, popular songs, cleaner production, we'll keep getting songs on the radio and they start to change that sound a little bit. Some people call hey, it selling out, but other people yeah, call it surviving. No you know so yeah it, um, i mean that's one way to look at it. But i look at it more as just like i mean just when a band's when you when you when you know a band and your friends know a band but not your parents don't necessarily know the band and all these other people don't know the band it's still personal mm -hmm. to you right and you you have a totally. deeper connection to it because of it and then once your parents find out about or all these other people all of a sudden it's not quite that same feeling for you anymore when every album comes out True. and so i think what helped us in again like in the long run is by that never really happening for us we never became that household name that everybody knows we're the the fans that we have still hold us very personal to them you know yeah um mm -hmm. so i think Cold now that you know after yeah you know but but still having a hit at the same time right it's this weird thing like we're cult following but also have had that had that hit so now coming out and doing these shows again I think our fans, um, they've stuck around and they're really excited to see us and they still have that personal feeling for us, which is cool. Yeah. Here's what yeah, I think yeah. is compelling about your story there about radio being slow to the track. New metal did not sound like Poem in 2002. This was not being made anymore. We could, uh, bands were not tuning down to drop A. People were not doing these huge breakdowns. Like this was like this sounded past. Like it was hybrid theory comes out, and now everything either sounds like hybrid theory or it sounds like stained. Like it's you're either post grunge or you're this like one very specific type of new metal. Like if you think about corn putting out like thoughtless uh, the same year or the year after or something, like that's very like tight and it's catchy and it's got hooks and choruses. Nobody was doing like this really raw sounding, this big sort of sounding mega drop tune single. So I think that. I think it was kind of like if, if it's the way you say it is where it's like radio we're picking up at different times. I feel like it was almost like every radio station kind of looking at each other like like we're, we can do this, too. Like we can sequence this in right. with other Whoa. songs. That's cool. We can play this alongside Smile Empty Soul and Chevelle. So Yeah, right. No, good point. So yeah, I think I, that, I think way. I think that that's why it, it took some time and. Uh, and it's going to be a hit tomorrow. I'm working on it. I'm working on it, guys. Getting everyone paid. Um, but now let me let me let me say this though. When we go to the next era, of course, which is Blue Sky Research. Now I'm gonna tell you this. This is the album that people will say to me is your classic. People are like, that's the best Taproot album. It means so much to me, and it's it's like the best. 
And is this something, do you guys have similar feelings or is it always, is it always been like, oh, I'll leave Steve out of this conversation because he doesn't love this record by any means. <laughs> it's my, it's my favorite though. <laughs> oh, that's well, then I guess that's interesting. Steve, you don't want to speak yeah. on it. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let Phil talk first and then I'll, I'll chime in. <laughs> okay. I could be, I could be wrong. I could, that's, I've heard on the street. That's not his favorite record. Heard on the street. <laughs> no, it's, it's my favorite record. Um, for me, it was just, uh, it was a hard record to make. It took a long time. Um, but I think what, you know, I look at what, you know, Steve and Mike and Jared, what, you know, raised, raised the level of what we were doing. I think it's the best songwriting we've done. Um, at least at that time. And it's just a different record. What I like about all our records is each record has its own personality. You know, it, it has its own, like, like you hear a song, you're like that's from that album. You don't really mistake songs for different albums. It's like, this is on that album and you just kind of know it. Um, but yeah, that was one of my, that's still one of the, my favorite records I still listen to. And I, I, I jam to it. It's, it's a great, it's a great album. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, that one could have had more hits. I think Birthday was a hit. I think you promise could have been a hit from a different band. I don't know if people would have liked it from us, but I think um, as a song, like Face Peeler is a great song. Um, April yeah. Suits would have been okay. April April Suits is awesome. I love that song. I think all the songs with Billy Corgan are good. Yeah, Violent mm -hmm. Seas, yeah. Um, Lost yeah. in the Woods, obviously. The ultimate. Violent See, Stephen Stephen right now is like, yeah, this is kind of a good album, actually. Yeah, <laughs> this does have no. a lot of good songs. No, I just, no. That, that that miserably just, cringy face he just made. <laughs> yeah. I literally just said violent seas. Ugh. Yeah. God, I love that. Yeah, I like it. You know what? Until, look, look, I'm not gonna ask you, you don't need to review it, but I am curious then, like what happened around this time that maybe gave you some bad feelings leave, moving on from this. Where did Billy uh, Corgan touch you? Wow, okay. <laughs> That's the preview clip right wow. there. That's the sound bite. That's he, he touched me when we went out for breakfast and I tried I tried being like, uh, how does a millionaire tip at a breakfast? Diner? <laughs> so I, I tried to throw in like a healthy amount, not being wealthy. And then he ended up picking some of my money up and taking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Man. No way. Is that for He's real? like, he does not deserve this much of a tip. He's like, he's like, he's like, how do you think I became a millionaire? Exactly. Anything at me here, yeah. bub. That's really right. funny. Okay. So, overall, it was just a pain in the ass. Like, I, I don't hate the record. I'm, uh, I like maybe half of the songs. Like, birthday to me is really important. Lost in the woods is really important. Face peeler. I had to fight everyone to make it make the record, and it's one of me the included. Albums that <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. included. yeah. Like Toby didn't want it. Phil didn't want it. Half the label didn't want it. I was like. It makes it or not. But you did end up playing else. it on Fuse. Yeah. We, and we play it every fucking show because that's the only like that's the only heavy song on that fucking record. So maybe you weren't super into like taking it in a softer direction. Oh, no, I no. I mean, I love Birthday Lost in the Wood. Promise is like the stuff we did with Billy Corgan was cool. Uh, we went through what fucking three different producers I got to work with Nick Hexum, but that didn't work out. That was on a version of Birthday. It was just not the way it ended up becoming. So I got to hang out with Nick Hexum. Fucking dream. Awesome. I went to, I wish I could remember. I'm fucking alcoholic, but I went to his house and recorded in his studio just some vocals on that song. Um, we had, I guarantee he doesn't remember it either. 
I probably yes, <laughs> but he actually he was the one they did like a Pepsi concert show on NBC that aired during the days one Pepsi year that year. Smash something yeah, and he like threw our name out there because he loved fucking Welcome like big time. So that was huge. Um, but then there was also we got to work with Steph from Deftones. He was helping us, you know, he came up with a guitar riff and we started all jamming it. And then someone in the band was just like, no, not going to play it. Is it? So oh, that didn't really, ah, right. Who I'm thinking of here. Yeah. yeah. So there, there was plenty of good potential, plenty. Of, I mean, but going through three different producers, one, which we spent the most time, which he was such a fucking twat. Uh, uh, I worked with like seven people to put songs together. Uh, calling is fucking catchy and cool, but uh, was that the one they were making you do vocal lessons as well? The da, 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 that stuff. Oh yeah, that and that was the, yeah, and that was the best part. Is everyone, dude? They were all creepy fuckers, and everything they told me to do, I did not do, and I became yeah. a better singer on that record. Yeah. I've tailed off again, but oh god, everything <laughs> no, like it was just all bullshit business. It took that's the one where we have the best of the sides, which has eight CDs, six of it's from there. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, well, when you put it that way, Steve, I could see why you wouldn't necessarily have the best memories of that record. Uh, right. Whatever. Well, also, yeah. and also too, like you know, like. Phil, you you said earlier that I kind of have a formula, at least as far as the live shows and stuff, which is why I want to promote the new record, Scissors, is I'm like, well, the VIP, here you go. Here's your opening song. What's the first? I don't even know, but is I Will Not Fall For You the opening track of that? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? No, I like it as the opening track, man. Not- I do. Opening track? Although we could have done, I think Nightmare should have been earlier on, on that on that CD, I think, to be I honest. I think Steven likes to just blow the doors off Yeah, it comes to an opening track. Like, now rise, I'll plead the fifth. I heard that for the first time today. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Hard. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, uh, like, I Will Not Fall For You is actually a really cool song, but I don't think that's like a, yeah. hey, guys, here's our third record. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Right back. Yeah. You know what? I'll speak to the, I, I think that the tensions and the problems that you guys had with this record is just more really just does just speaks to the difference of being a in a metal or a heavy rock band in 2005 versus 2002. Like a lot of the doors that are open in 99 are still open in 2002, but now in 05, it's like it's like it's like we all out here flopping. You know, Pop Roach's last album flopped, Limp Biscuits last album tanked. You got we got Saint Anger to contend with. Like this is not shit is shit is rough out here, and and probably influenced like getting pushed in the different directions. So mm-hmm. I think it's more of like the cl- economic climate at the time. Well, it's like weird too, is because there were songs that didn't work out the same way, which are cool. But there's a song on Plead the Fifth called Fractured, which at the point in time I had a song called everything i love everything i say is true everything except i love you i was gonna shorten that somehow as a title (laughs) (laughs) it's the it's the same thing that i used pretty much the same chorus and changed it up but that was our first single off of plead the fifth and so like that was one of the ones where i had to go back to like it meant something to me and i know people could relate to 
everything I said was true, except I love you. I think that's going to appeal to a lot of people, whether it's them saying it or hearing it. Um, so it's shit like that, that I connect with people. So I wasn't like, I don't know. Yeah. You were, like, you were like, you were like, how do I shorten this? I could, I could just call it I. Right. Call it everything either. We'll call it everything. God damn it. Oh man. We didn't have emojis or short letters. I didn't call it like LMAO. Well, right. We, right. <laughs> so we touched on blue. We touched on our long road home. Right. And Cran, I want to throw this over to you. So your opinion, in your opinion, what is their like best album again? The episodes. Your favorite, your favorite of theirs, the episodes. Yeah. Nice. It's not even close. I just, from start to finish. That, that is an album. Like it, it's a collection of great songs, but the story that album tells is just beautiful to me. Every time I go to the studio right now, I still cannot remember how I did all of the editing of like the background noises, the storytelling and all that. I have no clue how I did that, but thank you for saying that. Cause I love that fucking record. And by the way, anyone that gives a flying fuck, we wrote that record before our long, our long road home. Yeah. And so since writing the episodes, no one's really contributed anything on guitars. All right. So when you've got one giving a flying fuck right here. That's awesome. That's awesome. That record is phenomenal. That's cool. It's an all timer for me. It's it's literally top 10. So thank you. That's thank you. I still want to turn that into like, you know, one of those old school three piece mini series on TV. Oh, so that would be sick. So it's and, uh, concept, the, the, the it's actor that you had album. in the fractured video is in the video for the everlasting. You mm. guys could have the Tappert extended universe. Oh my god! <laughs> Just keep oh that story god. going. Please no. Uh, so <laughs> with with the episodes though, which I, I only heard for the first time today, it does have the Shame OK computer you, robot voice on it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. He's he's a narrator though. That's it's the narrator. not Stephen Hawking. He's not yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to get back into that though, because I do want to follow along with the plot. This has been a wild two days. It hasn't been a good time for me to like open my mind to new music. But I, I really, I'm gonna tell you what though. When when people ask me about you guys, I'll be. I think I'm gonna say like, yeah, start with the episodes, because I think I like the idea of bands' most recent albums being their best albums. And uh, um, what uh, with with now with entering to the scissors, the scissors era, scissors was supposed to be like a your own project, right, Stephen? No, it was actually supposed to be Taproot's next record after the episodes just hit hit the fan all over. Like these songs on the new record, 80% of them are over 10 years old. Because I remember I remember you posting a lot about Scissors and I always assumed that it was a new band. It was going to be, yeah. Yeah, it was going to be just like a, an original. I just call myself Scissors now based on my initials and loving lesbian sex acts and stuff. But um, like uh, Phil's the one that pulled me aside and was like, uh, you're not going to. Phil's known most of these songs for over a decade. Like I wrote this to be the next Taproot record before we kind of went on hiatus and created new lives and everything. Um but no, this was to be the next Taproot record and now is the next Taproot record. Great. That's awesome. I'm glad that you could make it happen like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you guys are flush with cash from the victory years, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I met someone, I had someone print some t-shirts for me recently and he's like, 
He's like in his late thirties, like 40. And I, I, I was like kind of chatting with him about his story. And he was like, he was like, yeah, I was in a band. We were signed to victory. And I was like, I was like, what, how badly did you guys get fucked? And he's like, so bad. It was just, <laughs> like, yeah, it was we like, didn't though. We, we, we didn't do bad. You know what I mean? Like we, we, we had a, I don't think it was because <laughs> we were not just a typical band for victory. We, and I don't know. I think we did okay by them. Uh, you know okay why? You know why? Because you guys already knew the ropes. That's why. Because <laughs> you guys were coming Not- in veterans. You guys had just come off of Velvet Ham and you guys were like, don't fuck us. We know right. how this works. Right. Well, no, like, I, I don't know, even back in the heyday when we did a huge poem video, how many, speaking of Chicago, how many fucking people would have the train conductors get on the walkie talkies and coordinate right different train directions just so we could rock out with both trains going the same direction they paused people's lives for us shooting that video down in the in the tunnel what 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 yeah what wait you know you you know your no surrender song you yes grand hello yeah (laughs) the episodes no surrender they did a video for it exactly so when the trains start going both directions and we're all just racking up that whole thing they were making one train wait for like seven minutes the other one for that like was in two. chicago yeah. yeah down in the metro oh, under no the, yeah. yeah wow well, we shot all so our cool. videos all of our videos are in chicago for that record i was gonna say i was like I was you like, shot no was... videos at the laser zone in south haven indiana no, no. <laughs> oh God! What was that fucking name? Oh, uh, Laser Zone. Uh, no, no, the band. Um, the Slipknot Wannabes. Pony. Uh, they, they wrote a pony, right? What, what, what the band was called? Yeah, like work something. Uh, Nobody on no, earth should workhorse. know this answer. Like these. Oh, no, no, Workhorse is good. <laughs> yeah, Workhorse. Uh, workhorse. Is there a band called yeah. the Workhorse Movement? Beard yeah, yeah. Clown. Uh, what's the one? It's like X I I I. Sick, sick, Mushroom sick frown. Man. That's Mushroom Man. Sick frown. Sick, oh, fuck those guys. Wait, I beat what? the shit out of their bass player one time them? in the show. Seated oh, crown. Seated crown. Sick frown. Sick crown. Crown. Sick frown. Their frown? singer was Dustin Novak, and oh my god, oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> A lot of bad memories attached to that band. There you go. Well, A lot of fist back. fights. They were uh, the biggest head PE ripoff you've ever heard in your entire life. Thought we were talking about Slipknot. Well, the dude, the dude sat on like the corner amplifier riding a pony that rocks back yeah. and forth. They were outfits. Let me try this again though, real quick, because I don't want to leave this and not know. S I C K sick crown. Frown. Frown. F-R-O-W-N. And the I in their name was an exclamation point. Clever. I like how I get a lot of stock photos of people frowning. Here's some sick frowns. Here we go. For real. I'll listen to that one. Yeah, we 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 played one of our last shows we ever played before we got signed was in at the Laser Zone in uh was that well I call it South Haven, Portage South Haven. Same thing. It's in it's it's in between Portage and Valparaiso. It's a suburb called South Haven. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Valparaiso. Also, so what's neat about that is like they we, that was one of our last shows and we got signed and they they apparently and you know took that as like personally like we we got them signed because we played valparaiso like good 10 years later or something and everyone was just so cool to us 
like just was like oh my god it's so good to have you guys back and you know like it was just really cool vibe we we sold a crap ton of t-shirts like it was uh, ridiculous how good that show was there you know and i honestly that was a valparaiso right by right by that same again it might have been again new what's it called new haven yes uh south haven that was a venue yeah. called either the silver bullet or the jim beam warehouse Mm, call it something else at the time then right there yeah it, it's changed names a hundred times let's but do it, this yeah. that this is this is one of the best ways to keep midwestern people talking is triangulating locations you take the fifth <laughs> up to third no no no. you take a left on chicago ave right you go down okay but when you go down you're gonna see it you're gonna see the port that portillo's you know that one make a right oh yeah now you got yeah. me now you you keep midwest dudes talking like this yeah again. the building's not there anymore but it was there it's 15 yeah. years ago. He, he just wants to get back to the actual discussion. He's like, he's like, hold on, I've almost found it. Yeah. Is that yeah, the owner has since died, anyways. The well, yeah, LA, no, we had a, we had a great show there, man. We had a great show there. The great LA shows. version of that is just comparing to who has the worst commute. Oh, I gotta take the 12 to the oh my god. And then you go 45. Oh my god. That's all we do. It's yeah, it's horrible. Uh, I miss Chicago for sure. Um, but entirely digressing i've been you know i've been trampled i've been running this one even even after i told these guys i have to told sean and cram before getting on i was like guys i'm exhausted I'm not gonna be able to do too much talking on this one but i think it's because when we do i think when we do interviews with, with it's like what, not true i think when we do interviews with with midwestern with midwestern bands it's suddenly it's like we we just know how to talk to each other it's like we're back at it it's very familiar like that was what we did with the donnie donnie the drp Donnie, the DRP from Detroit, actually. How do you like that? It's just easier to talk to. But I do not want to trample over these guys. So, Cran, Sean, do you guys want to just take the wheel for a minute? Sure. Um, I mean, Phil, I think it was you that I sent the email that Jonah wrote about you guys in his book. Yeah, yeah. And I have that screen that screenshot you sent me. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty great. That like, and was he, was, was that band at all an influence on you guys at all? Like coming up, um, not to say influence, but a band we all liked. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I remember seeing them. I think we all went to that show. Uh, it was I want to say Incubus, Far, and Ultra Spank at the Shelter in uh, in Detroit. Oh, yeah. That's a good. And one. yeah, dude, it was great, man. And I, that was my first time seeing them. I didn't know too much about them at the time, and I was blown away, man. I mean, Jonah was great. The the band was great, and uh, we You're were friends. Book by Jonah. What's that? We were in a book by Jonah. Yeah, yeah. The book by yeah, Jonah. Jonah, yeah. Jonah that us. was I'll the say, whole book, screenshot. dude. <laughs> you definitely weren't not in the book. I didn't know he wrote a book. That's fucking sweet. No, yeah. He, he wrote Calling. The yeah. cut cut part. Yeah, we t- that's what, exactly what he talks about in the book. He, he mentions that that exact thing. Um, yeah. Well, now I want to read that. I don't like reading. I'll read that. I'll send you the that's, screenshot. That's cool. It's a good book. It's up if if you get it up his website, it's pretty sweet. It's a it just starts from growing up all the way until now. Like well, that's cool. No, I mean like yeah, I was a huge Far fan growing up for sure. It was that was like one of the bummers was like okay, I get to work with Jonah from Far and then it turned into that and then it was a whole political like eh, let's talk money and this and that. I'm like, dude, I got to work with Jonah from Far. Like I was a huge Far fan and then it turned into Blue Sky Research. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I saw him with the one-line drawing stuff when he was doing that thing. And yeah, dude, Jonah's great. Yeah. 
That was good stuff. So with with scissors too, though, um, I'm interested in how this all is happening now. By the way, guys, I have peed twice while we're on this conversation. <laughs> Nicely done. No, I don't want to know how. I don't want to. So know am how. I. With, with my penis, with my penis and a cup. Okay, <laughs> Sean, just just keep going, keep going. No worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back to intercourse. Sean. But, um, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool how you guys kind of started out with like, you know, oh, let's maybe make some merch, you know, put, you know, I see people are probably paying attention to our band a little bit. And I don't know who's going to buy it, but you had this, you had this guy in your corner. What was his name? Tom Hazard. Tom. So Tom has been, was just like, put out some merch. People will buy it. And you're like, oh, all right, we'll see what happens. Or you should guys should do some shows. Like, you know, you do a hometown show. It's going to sell out in like five minutes. And you're just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know five minutes, but like, you know, it's a hometown show. I guess it'll sell out. It sells out in 30 minutes, crashes the website. Um, and then you, you, at what point did you guys see the momentum and you're just kind of like, that was it like through social media? Was it through other people that you met that you knew? Um, I know I understand that you have someone flying from Poland to come yeah, see right, you Barbara. guys. Yeah. Um, so just like something's happening now with the band, with these albums, with these songs that are resonating with people. It's all come coming down, and especially like you know, in a good way, and then especially listening to the new song too it doesn't sound like it picks up that far off from welcome. It seems like a pretty seamless transition. When I listened to that, I was like, if you, if I close my eyes and no one told me any of this was happening and I, and I hit play on that song and within the first few notes, I'm like, that's Taproot song. Holy shit. Is that a new Taproot song? And I was just like, immediately knew what it was. It's just that, 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 that personality. So it's incredible how it, it's incredible how it captures like, the guitar tone and personality that the guitar has always had without mm -hmm. the guitarist. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. And Steve, Steve's always been the major songwriter in Taproot. So I know, I know. I know. Um, yeah. So him doing that, it's, it, yeah, it's, it, it, it just makes sense when you know that, but um, yeah, I guess, so it just slowly built momentum, like you said, just over time. And I guess for me, when it really hit, cause the machine shop show thing was cool. Like, but that, you know, selling out two shows that fast was like okay this is a little different but then just as it's as we've done more and more and just had more posts and just seeing all the responses from our fans and how excited they are and then when we released the song and then you know what's odd is like every album we're, we've ever released there's always somebody hating on whatever song we release you know what i mean like yeah. it just it just comes with the territory right and I don't know if people have just matured more or, I mean, cause I mean, there's hate all, all, all over the place online. Right? I mean, it's all over the place. People have no problem oh, yeah. spewing whatever nonsense they're thinking. Um, but to read through these comments and not like it's 1% if that of anybody, even, and even then it's like, not like anything's truly negative. It's just not, you know, it's, it's just weird. It's, we're not getting that. It's not the whole thing's just different. Yeah. It's not aggressive. It's not, aggressive. It's not it's like, what the hell are you guys doing releasing this song? This is a bunch of crap. Why isn't it this? You know, it's it's just, yeah, it's it's so, a different vibe right now than than it's ever been. And I think, like you said, like we talked about, I think it's just the perfect timing for us to come back and be doing stuff. And it just, good thing it took Steve 11 years to <laughs> finish this record. Check this out. 
here's the reason here's 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 to my my opinion where the reason why you guys are getting a warm come oh you guys are being welcomed back so warm is one like you guys are avatars of a, of, a, of a rock scene in which you guys could make a full career out of making heavy music which is a thing a phenomenon that is dead now it's not a thing and i think that there's an interest among younger people into like how that ever was a thing because if you think about it if you were born in like 1999 you have no memories of an era in which rock bands could pay all their bills by making rock music you've never you've never lived in that world and at this and at the same time though because you guys had to get dragged through the earth of uh this is like the ending of the Blair Witch by the way going on in Steven's <laughs> view I'm like really worried about what's going on down here I'm like uh don't, don't go to the corner <laughs> So hold on. So because you guys, I'm going at, I'm going at the fucking stuff. Ignore the garage door opening. Fuck. Is he is he peeing a third time? Are you actually peeing right now on camera? No. Uh, you want me to take you upstairs? No. Jesus. Sean said it. Sean said it. Sean said it. Sean said it. Not me. Sean said it. Not me. Hey, we didn't all say no, Stephen. Just for the record. Let me let me get back. On I track. heard a yes, please. I heard somebody say yes, please. Didn't I? I'd have to. I'd have to. <laughs> guys, it, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was really <laughs> great to talk to you guys. <laughs> all the best. Hold on. Let me let me give me a second here. So let me tell you. Something. Just ignore. Just ignore the sound for a minute. Okay. All right, my bad. I'll try to stay in light. What if we all just stop talking and watch Steven go to the grocery store, <laughs> pick up a couple watermelons? Just we're just like going yeah. along. Yep. Going along. Just smoking. Fuck it. Just smoking, just smoking, just smoking. Okay. So hold it's on. Good. A two-hour interview. My God. My I need you to smoke. Fair. Let's all smoke. Um, so the thing about it though is that you guys weren't allowed you guys didn't just like have your run of like these years you also had to get dragged through the mud of being like a new metal band and like oh they were new metal new metal suck that's so corny these guys were new metal and i think that there's like a real wrong there that needs to be corrected and people want to see it corrected where it's like it's like no new metal kicked ass these bands kicked ass this was all awesome all of these drop tune bounce riffs and the work shirts and and ozfest and all this shit was so cool and and people want to give due props to that too, and I think that's why Taproot is really well welcomed back with open arms for real. Nice, I'll take it. Thank you. I do this a lot. I do this. I do this a lot during interviews where I won't ask a question. I'll just make a big ass statement. <laughs> Everyone just has to kind of be like, "Yeah, sure, all right, buddy. Yep, I'll take it." <laughs> well, I mean, I and 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 you know what else though. The song's also really good. So let me be clear. It's not just good timing. The song is also really good. Like you guys didn't come song. back. You guys weren't like, let's write a hit in the style of 2022. You guys were like, let's fucking kick some ass. And that's exactly the right kind of sound to be making at this time. There's so many, good, so many good songs on this record too, man. Can't wait for you guys to hear the rest of it. I can't wait. And there, there, there honestly is a song. You just let us have it now if you want. <laughs> you have the option. Well, no, there there is like a single type of song, but again, it's not like literally it's not again Nickelback writing photograph or anything. I just literally came up with a lyric that I think everyone can relate to, but it's still heavy. So people won't like if we posted it like on Candy Crush as a commercial or something. <laughs> no one's gonna want to hear it whatsoever once it gets no, heavy. I, I want shit. that. 
I want you we guys all, to make a fuck ton of money all, off of this. We all want nah. this, actually. Well, no, that's that's not the goal. Again, though, uh, that would be an amazing Fair. lesson. But no, that's uh, it's just something I think will connect with people, which again is all that matters to me at the end of the day, because our supporters, I support. Like we, that's it's we're all together like uh it, it makes me not feel alone which i do most of the time no no hey, uh, well no, you can man. come to my house for a cookout whenever you want steven Prance just got i'm not clothes. that far away i got a grill there's a costco right down the street and get the big hot dogs <laughs> oh he is, he is not kidding um I <laughs> you lost him there Phil's Phil's still trying to talk me into eating meat but sausage loses me on that one. <laughs> are you a vegetarian yeah for the most part i've been dabbling phil by the way yeah my wife's my wife's a fucking i will not do seafood holy fuck that yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife's steaks, a dude. borderline vegetarian steaks, i'm man. so close we do a lot of black bean tacos a lot of salad around the house i mean you got options why are you wasting your time with that nonsense man eat meat <laughs> now we're having a midwest ass conversation <laughs> here this, we go we're talking about what our wives eat oh yeah, baby yeah. we're gonna be yeah, I, used, well, I actually used i used to call myself a vegetarian but i haven't <laughs> seen a vagina in fucking years i'm holiday kirk the new metal jenna thank you so much for joining us tonight <laughs> really like to thank our guests no but we, we we will get this we will get this close since, since steven is breaking out of his his home as well <laughs> he's casing the joint he's casing the joint nobody like, puts baby in the corner but i'll get there he's like he's i'm like, actually glad you don't the... smoke in your house that i appreciate that you're not dunking up the house of the marlboro you are doing the right thing because some of us don't have those manners cram so if that is but if that is about that um i, I don't just... smoke whatever i would no, really I'm the, I'm the only loser in the band for sure oh my god does I would... taylor do anything uh not not to reference he watches <laughs> videos of you peeing in cups. <laughs> and cup. definitely right. yeah. the garage. You know what? Every time, every time Steven is open and closes garage, that's where I'm gonna put an ad break. The ad, the ad breaks are gonna go when the garage is coming up. Grr. This episode has been brought to you by <laughs> me undies. Yeah. So um, but you know what? It, it, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys. You guys meant a, a ton to me, and I know you guys have meant a lot to Sean. You guys have meant a lot to Cran. So you're you're never you're never alone for as long as we're around. That's for sure. Well, that's cool. I appreciate that so much. And honestly, I I know who you guys are, and this has been a pleasure. Like literally, don't give me a fake thumbs up, you dick. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't you're a fake good. thumbs up. That wasn't a fake thumbs up. That's just how I feel whenever people are like. That was that was Richard Patrick's hands. That was that's that's, <laughs> how I, that's that's how I feel whenever our guests are like. Yeah. <laughs> whenever our guests are like, yeah, yeah, we I know about you too. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I just get a little shy about that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I wasn't giving you a fake thumbs up, but uh, it's it's really cool. And please do not file any copyright takedowns when I post your music. That would also be awesome. You probably don't. That's really, not up to us. I was just about to say you you don't really have you don't have the lawyers on standby for that one. No, and I only encourage it. So thank yeah. you. There we go. Um, so I I think that does about wrap it though for me. Uh, I would really like to once again thank our guests Stephen Richards and Philip. 
Philip Lipscomb. Lipscomb for it's and it is pronounced like just like it's written. So it sounds really like fucking, it's spelled. Really fucking stupid that I keep doing that. Let Philip Lipscomb for making it out here, guys. We're all really big fans, and I appreciate you so much for taking the time to make this happen. Yeah, man. Intercourse. Thank you, guys. Intercourse. That's the and that's <laughs> he's hinting at the name of the the new album. Uh, the the next album. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is gonna be fun to edit. Thank you, Sean, for making it on. Thank you, Cranfather, for making mm-hmm. it on. No, thank you guys. Yeah, thank thank you, you guys all. for continuing uh, you know, uh keeping the new metal thing and this scene alive and continue to push it and all that stuff, man. It's it's appreciative. I'm appreciative of everything you guys do. My hey, it is my honor. So this has been holiday kirk though with the new metal agenda, just reminding you. Definitely be listening to this music all the time. Check out the big acts, the mediums, max, the small acts. Support every new band that you possibly can and have yourselves a great night.